This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Yeah, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick. Well, it's um, it's November. <laughs> um, yeah, and November is a thing. And November is a thing. But we're not here to talk about November being a thing. We're here to talk about other things um, more important to us at this point, or at least more distracting for us at this point. So what do you have for us on tap tonight? Okay, well, tonight is something I've been wanting to get to for a, little, for a while. That's just talking about the current state of X-Men titles, post-House of X, Powers of X. And um, as, as you all know, it's like I really liked um, Hickman's um, take, take on the series with, the, with his initial um, pair of miniseries, House, House of X and Powers of X, or House of X and Powers of Ten, if you want to be specific about it. But I thought it was a great sp- statement of intent. Basically, like one writer letting us know this is his plan for the franchise um, going forward. And God knows that the X-Men um, needed um, like some, some kind of like plan in a specific direction after years of, you know, like um, being at the, being at the whim for like, um, like very various creators who just like didn't have like a, like a specific um, grand plan for them. So I love that. And I, and like, I'm glad that um, Hickman is running things. But um, as far as like you know, like the whole House of X, Powers of X things, you know, well, well, there was one guy we didn't, um, we weren't able to um, bring in to talk about things because of logistics issues, and that's my buddy Rob. So hey, Rob, you know, how you doing? Hey, Jason, I'm good. Uh, how are you doing? Uh, it's like I'm, I, I'm fine. It's like it's everything's fine over here. But, yeah, we're um, all fine. How are you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, but um, since we didn't get a chance to bring you in on, like, the whole House of X, Powers of um, X thing, um, how did you, um, what did you think about them? So, uh, yeah, I was really disappointed uh, not to be able to make that one, because I was excited about that. Uh, I I uh, found, I had never really read Jonathan Hickman before, and I enjoyed uh, House of X, Powers, and Powers of Ten so much that uh, uh, I went back and read, you know, his whole Fantastic Four run and the Avengers run and all that stuff. And, and just, um, you know, it, it's, it, it's interesting to me that, that he will start out in a way that I might not, you know, usually not, not be that interested in. And then he wraps it all up together and it's amazing. Um, although with, with uh, House of X and Powers of Ten, I was interested from the get-go. Um, the one of the best comics I I have read as an adult, um, and maybe it's the best comic I've ever read. I don't know. You know, individual issue is uh, the one with the reveal about Maura McTaggart. Uh, I absolutely loved that comic. It was you know mind blowing, and I had people that do not read comics uh, read it. I had my wife and my wife's sister read it, and and just you know, just blew me away. You got Janine to read it? I got Janine to, to read it, yeah. Even though she hadn't read any any of the other stuff. Um, at least I remember getting her to read it, and I hope I'm, that's not some weird false memory of mine. But I was so pumped Or did you get Jermaine to read it? No, no. <laughs> um, but, hey, that's not as, as left field as you might think, because... Well, uh, you say, when you say you're like, you got your wife's sister to, write, to read it, it's like, I was like, what, she's got like two other sisters. So. Yes, I know, but, but I was saying this to the audience instead of you specifically. But uh, I will let you know, however, that I did get Jermaine to read uh, Irredeemable. Oh, what'd you think? Uh, she really enjoyed it. Um, I don't remember much else. Okay, that that was like a that was like a spot 
like I'm like instant digression, but getting yeah. back to, uh, to things. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Um, I, I absolutely loved, uh, house of X. The whole thing about Moira was, was brilliant. Um, it, you know, it, at first I'm kind of, I had a, I had a pang of, Hey, I grew up with X-Men comics. Moira is one of the few humans in their orbit. And you've taken that, you know, from me. Yeah, it's kind of like a bull in a China shop at con in the sense that like, holy shit, what are you doing here? This shouldn't make any sense, but he does make a good like argument as far as like for that, as far as, as long as, it, as it goes along. Yes. So, um, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. The thing is, I, I would have been more mad if it wasn't used so incredibly well. Um, and then of course you have powers of 10, which, uh, I, I love, uh, alternate futures. Um, all, all of the themes that it was dealing with are brilliant. I like the fact that you see them in these different time frames. Um, just, you know, and, and, and of course the art in both series was incredible. Uh, so, I mean, I don't want to spend too much time on it. I'll just say that I absolutely loved that whole storyline. Um, uh, the ways that they're kind of, you know, changing things, but still keeping them the same, you know, having, uh, what used to be like deadly, you know, uh, nemeses be like, you know, civil rivals, you know, kind of thing is, is it's like apocalypse is like their best friend now. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say best friend, but I mean, they, they rely on him. It's, mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's crazy, but it makes sense because it's like he just wanted mutants to be superior. Mm-hmm. I yeah, yeah. I was like when they that moment when they say like we need to hear you say it, apocalypse. Yeah, it's like it's like that. that I mean, that was cool. I mean, like it. Like they said like like Kickman's like that. Those two miniseries are like a great statement of intent, and you know, and that brings us to you know, it's like like him writing X Men proper because at first I wasn't. Wasn't sure that he was going to be writing X Men like, like after this, but you know, like when, when like it was confirmed that hey, oh, he's running X, he's running X Men after this. It's like okay, now he's going to have a chance to make this all stick, and um, you figure that okay with Hickman writing X Men proper, well, this would be like the spine of the series, and technically it is the spine of the line, but the thing is like with. He's done something like really kind of weird with this, really weird but also interesting in the sense that his X Men so far is kind of a um, anthology series in the sense that you know he's telling lots of different sto- little different stories. Like he's just basically like throwing in like all sorts of like little it, little bitty like things that you know that that probably wouldn't be given a second thought if they were like um being like doled out in like the uh, secondary titles, stuff like um like the Summoner of Araco. Or like um horticulture, um, but he is basically like he's Hickman is taking like X Men and basically using it to uh, like he figures like everyone is going to be reading X Men, so he, everyone's going to be reading these stories. So why not use them to like as a vehicle for like uh, talking about like the weirder, um, stranger stuff that he wants to like talk like talk about because like like stuff like the uh, like the Davos Summit or the Crucible or like the uh, like like the um, brood, like um, the brood, um, ki- the brood king egg, stuff like that. I mean, it's like I, I'm on, I'm, on, I'm on board with it because I believe that Hickman um has a plan, even though it's like, like um with these um with these initial with these um 
like with these X-Men issues that he's doing right now, it's like, he's just kind of like, he's also learning a lot of setup as well. It's like, like we're not like, he's not exactly like paying off on a lot of the stuff said like that he was doing in house of X and powers of 10. It's like, he's like, you know, just like doing like stuff that like, Hey, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm reestablishing Orcus as like the main human threat, like to, to the X-Men. I'm setting up the, uh, the, the Araco summoners, like in advance of what we now know is the, um, like um, Ten of Swords um, crossover, and then there's like the horticulture, like the uh, like the um, the Golden Girls as um, evil evil um, um, supervillains, evil um, horticulture super supervillains characters, and um, it's like and well, I'm fine with this. I mean, a lot I I'm on board with Hickman's style when he's doing this stuff. My only issue is that I kind of wish that like a lot that that some of what he's writing would pay off like in and of itself. Rather than just you know like flagging the fact that it's like oh this is stuff that's going to be like important down the line, but you know can't it also you know pay off like in the here and now? Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that. That's one of my biggest problems. One of the reasons it took me so long to get into Hickman. Um, I I I completely skipped his Avengers run because well for two reasons. One you know it didn't. Even though it was, you know, at the time, you know, I'm talking about the, the incursion thing, uh, even though it seemed, you know, incredibly apocalyptic, it wasn't reflected in other books. And it seemed like something that was so big should have been reflected in it. The second thing is, is he does weird stuff. He'll, he'll make these weird characters that don't feel to me like they fit in the universe he's using them in. Um, and I feel that way about the summoner. I feel that way. I mean, I don't want to get into, you know, X of Swords or whatever, but but those characters, and so I'm kind of, to a degree, I'm tolerating it for some of the other stuff that's happening. And hopefully it comes back and has a big payoff and, and is interesting and all that kind of stuff, but, um, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I get what you're saying, though, after reading, um, like, after be- being on board for his, um, for his Fantastic Four, for his um, Avengers runs. It's like, I, I've got a lot of faith in Hickman. Um, even after reading um, uh, East of West, it's like, even if it like, you know, it was that, that for me, like, this is like uh, something I talked about in the podcast a couple weeks ago. It's like, it was more it's like style than substance. It's like, it was still like entertaining. And, it's st- and in the end, it's like, you know, it's still, it still came together. So I've, so I've got a lot of faith in H- that that Hickman is going to like um like tie this all together at some point. It's just that when it comes to like you know delivering on stories that are like your that are like entertaining in the here and now, the nods I have to go for his X Men run are are number four, which is the Davos Summit, and um, number seven, which is the the Crucible issue, because the Davos um, Summit was great because it's basically just um Xavier Magneto and Apocalypse. You know, talking with other like human leaders, saying that's like, hey, you know, it's like we like you know, like we've here's our plan for plans for like taking over your world, and if you don't like it, tough. You know, we learned it from you. It's like, and it's like, but as the X Men have like always been like like positioned as like you know like the metaphor for like like minority like or underprivileged um like classes. It's like seeing them like you know tell them to the like tell the other like um countries this. It's like kind of like okay. I, I'm, I'm fine with this. I mean, like, what you're, everything you're saying here makes sense. You know, hey, and can, I'm a human, but can I sign up anyway? So, so that there's that, and then there's the uh, crucible issue, which is basically Hickman 
dealing with like the whole problem with uh, ha- um with the Scarlet Witch in um, House of M saying like, hey, you know, no more mutants. Well, you've got like millions of mutants who are just like, you know, unpowered. Like, well, what do you do? Do they just have them like all commit suicide and um, like, you know, try to come back that way because, you know, hey, all mutants are immortal now. Well, he does have a solution for that, but it's really kind of fucked up, especially in the sense that, hey, you know, it sounds like Apocalypse was a guy who said, hey, you know, we can do this, but like, let me um, add this corollary here. So, and I, I kind of get like his idea, what he's saying here, but it's, it's still kind of fucked up in the sense that it's, it's almost ritualized suicide, like from a certain perspective, like Rob. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree with that, but, but it fits his kind of whole, you know, uh, he wants, you know, the strongest to survive kind of thing. And so if you want to, if you want to be part of this, um, you got to really commit to it. And that's the other thing is, is that it is also offering them a choice, uh, mm-hmm. because being a mutant, uh, can have drawbacks. Um, and there are definitely people that, that, you know, did not like being a mutant. They give them the opportunity to make that choice and it's a tough choice and they want to make it a real choice so that they really value the fact that they're a mutant. Um, I'm not I don't recall those words specifically being used in that, but that was the impression that I got from it. And I thought it was a good way to do it. Yeah. And so like, I guess like overall it's like, I've, I've been enjoying like uh, Kickman's X-Men run. And so it's like, I mean, like obviously this is gonna be like the one title everyone's going to buy because it's written by the quote unquote, um, head of X. So, I mean, it's like, like, I, I like it, but I mean, like, so Rob, like, are you, have you been enjoying what he's been, what he's been doing? Like, was it something you would recommend to everyone in general? Well, here's the thing. I, we're going, we're going to go over this, uh, on an issue by issue or a, a comic run, line by comic line basis. And to a certain degree, there are several comic lines that are tied together that I feel that there are certain ones that you shouldn't miss. Um, mm-hmm. And, and because of that, it's difficult for me, uh, obviously you, if you're going to read any of them, you need to read this one. It's not a, I recommend it. It's a, you have to, or you're not going <laughs> to, if you're listening to this podcast, you kind of have to read like X-Men. You're kind of, you're kind of yeah. already invested. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is, this, this ties it all together. Um, and you're, you know, when, by the time you get to, to uh, X or 10 of swords, a lot of the background isn't going to be there if you didn't read it. Um, yeah, there are different stories that get told in it, but they're all, they're all relevant and they all, you know, they, they bleed over into the other, uh, titles to some degree. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess like when it comes to like bleeding over to other titles, I guess it also like kind of bleeds over into new mutants because that was, that's kind of like a weird series because, um, Hickman um, crammed a uh, New Mutants miniseries that he wrote into this while leaving um, Ed Brisson to write the uh, other issues of it as well, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm unfortunately, I probably should have discussed this. Uh, no, 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 you, no, you shouldn't have because, like, I, because I got this because. Okay, um, go ahead. Okay, because, okay, because with, um, because we're talking about like the, uh, the, the whole new mutants dichotomy um hickman did a um basically did four issues of this 
like of this series where he had um some of the OG new mutants like um Sun Sunspot, um like Car- Karma, um um, ma- it's like magic and then some gym- gen xers like um chamber and um, mondo it's like i'm um, go off on a fun trip to uh it's like to the shiari empire like courtesy of the star jammers and then they get they get themselves like all uh, mixed up in, like in a lot of trouble and some craziness and um, a lot of rod rice channeling um like on um, bill sinkovich's art it's like and that and like these four issues are a lot of fun it's like to the point where like i i really enjoyed them because, um, like, I mean, like, Hickman, like, he's had his own particular take on how, like, Robert DaCosta or Sunspot should be written. And, yeah, he's a total, like, um, like self-absorbed dude bro. But um, he's, but at the same time, it's like, you know, he's, he's still, like, you know, still a lot of fun to like, see him be talked about like that. And also just the fact that, you know, he's also going to get a punch in the face a lot for being an arrogant dude bro as well. So there's so like there's some fun there. It's like and basically this is all just like about setting up the uh, the Shi'ar or the cosmic side of X Men as well. But also at the same time, it's like there's um Ed Brisson and artist um Fleviano and um Marco Fila, um doing their own um thing on Nubians as well, which is basically just like them running off to various places to uh, bring in like mutants and stuff. I mean, it's like it's it's kind of it it's kind of odd because like. For the most part, like there's a, like a lot of these titles like have like a very defined um per, like persona, but New Mutants like so far just kind of feels like um doesn't have the same strength str- um like strong identity. I will say that I do like the uh, issues that Brisson um did when it's um like Armor um Glob, it's like and um, Maxine and Maxim um like going off to um Beak, it's like um Beak and um Angels. Um, like um, like farm Nevada to like convince them to go to join them, to like to join everyone in Krakoa, just like find running into some like uh, like uh, some like a like a drug cartel like in the meantime, and also then there's um like them going off to Nova Roma or magmas, uh, like like old home and encountering some dire race like like um there as well, or like when they go to um like this one place in like the uh like in the, the not Ukraine and encountering a reality, reality warping mutant who's like, who's like encountering a, who's generating a slowly, a steadily evolving, um, like, um, like, um, thing of destruction, like because of her nightmares. It's like, even if like, you know, like a lot of these stories seem kind of random, I still think they're kind of well-written. And I think that the, um, the art is pretty, is pretty strong. She's from Fl- Flaviano who does, who's a, who's much more stronger. Um, there's a much stronger caricature vibe um, as far as these things go. But um, as far as like, but as far as New Mutants goes, I mean, it's like, it's probably has like the least defined perspective in this, like in this current X-Men run, but um, Brisson at least delivers some, some general, some generally decent stories along like as well. And then there's like Hickman's story, which is basically just, you know, he, apparently he didn't, he felt like, you know, I don't want to do like, you know, this, um, like a, like a, like a side, a side story miniseries for this. I just want to put this in new mutants. Cause I figure like everyone would read this. If it was part of like the, you know, a, a like a straw, like it's part of one, like the, the core titles and all. So I don't know, like Rob, you got any thoughts about this? Yeah. Um, I, so I collected new mutants when I was young. Um, when I was, uh, when I was about, you know, 13 to, uh, 16 
I read um, the UCR when I was 20 or so. So you, to, you read what? Keep, I read um, UCR Special Collections had had this ha, has like like the entire Claremont run and more. Oh, really? So, and, okay. and I read this like when I was like going attending there. But I I am just distracting you. Please go on. So yeah, I was just uh, you know I read uh, the comics that I read were New Mutants, uh, X Men, and Excalibur. Those were my favorite uh, my favorite comics. Now I didn't read all of new mutants, but I did read quite a bit of it. Um, and seeing those characters all back together again, maybe not all of them, but most of them, um, was extremely nostalgic for me, especially with the art style that they were going with. Uh, it was, it was really great. And so, um, even if it had nothing to do with the rest of the storyline, I, 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 you know, it really, it really connected with me because of the nostalgia and it was well-written and it was entertaining. The, you know, the characters are charming and have amusing interactions. And, and so I really liked that. And I did like the other story as well um, that, that was going on in tandem. It was, you know, alternate issues um, about Beak's uh, family. Um, the Brisson stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and I enjoyed that. Um, you know, the nightmare thing, it was okay. Uh, I, I don't, I, I, I guess I didn't retain a whole lot about that one. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I thought it was a good, it was a good comic and, and I definitely would recommend people, uh, picking it up. Yeah. I liked, um, like their take on, on, like, uh, on boom, boom, basically it's kind of like a, just like a disaster person. Oh, uh, that's, that's coming from next wave. She's, she's been, I hated, yes. I hated boom, boom, um, in, uh, well, she was an X factor originally, right? That's when no, she was in X force. Well, she was new. She was in new mutants and then they transitioned to X force. No, I mean, she and Richter were, weren't they, the, the, a couple of mutants that were picked up by the original X factor when they were going around, you know, like pretending that they were attacking mutants. But oh, were, you're, like, you're like, like OG X factor. Like, yes. Probably, probably, but I don't have good good um okay. like history with that so and she made anyway yeah i know she made it in a, in, in a new mutants and stuff but yeah i hated that character then but in next wave uh it radically transformed my opinion of her she's more of a comedic character she's a lot of fun and that's that she's that version she's that version in this comic and so uh i enjoyed her yes this. you mean both and also you mentioned um like it's like you're like your little Excalibur. It's like, hey, that's like the next comic on our list here. And um, holy crap, you know, it's like I would I would think that this would be like your most hated um like comic, mainly because well, it doesn't just have Gambit or Jubilee in it, but it has Gambit and Jubilee in it. Yes. Okay, my two least favorite X-Men characters. Jubilee is my least favorite of all comic book characters. Should I explain why, or do we want to skip that? I, I would love I, I would love to give you the time to elaborate on that, but I honestly don't think we have the time for it, considering okay. all the stuff okay. we've got to talk about. Okay, so, um, yeah, here's the deal. So Excalibur was my absolute favorite comic growing up. So I was interested in this, but very wary of the, uh, of the roster. And, and, you know, it gave me the same feelings of the X-Men ca- cartoon when it came out. And I'm like, oh, God, both Gambit and Jubilee – So, um, and the other thing is, is my favorite character growing up was Kitty Pryde. She was my age. She was interested in computers. She was nerdy. She was awkward. She was, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'm a guy, but she was the most like me. So Mm -hmm. I thought she was my favorite character and, and she's not even in this. 
You know, she's not on the roster. Yeah, she shows up a couple times. Um, but, uh, but she's not even on the roster. And so I was, I was not thrilled about that. Um, because, uh, but, um, I, what I do want to talk about is, uh, Betsy Braddock. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little about, uh, Psylocke. How, uh, how she's, she's not Psylocke anymore. Yeah. We got, we got to briefly touch on this. I'm going to touch on it very briefly. I'm sure everybody knows who Psylocke is. A lot of people do not know that she originally uh, was a light purple-haired uh, Caucasian woman with just uh, telepathic powers, and she used to wear like a suit of armor and stuff. And at one point in time, she is she is Captain Britain's twin sister. Well, um, she is, she is Captain Britain's twin sister. Yeah, I, did I say was? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, she is, but the body she was in. <laughs> for most people's knowledge of Psylocke was not the body of Captain Britain's twin sister. Anyway. So, um, and that was, you know, okay. I got, I got to, I got to cut it short cause I'm talking too much about it. Um, uh, anyway, they have split the characters. Um, Psylocke is, is the Psylocke that looks like the Psylocke everyone is used to. Now. She's like the like the the, the former ninja um, Quanon. Yes, yeah, yeah, she is the um uh yeah she's and and she she looks like her and she acts like her and this version you know Betsy Betsy looks like and acts like to some degree the Betsy from before and so it's like the best of both worlds and you don't have this weird situation where you have somebody who was you know transplanted into another a person of another race's body which is weird and and is it racist maybe yes no i don't it's just bizarre the whole thing is bizarre and the current status is fantastic i'm happy with it and i think everybody will be happy because it doesn't mean destroying the version of psylocke that everybody knows and they get she gets to keep the name anyway so in this comic betsy so so captain britain was in the original excalibur comic and that's her brother brian um and it, but in this comic, he gives her the amulet of right, which makes her Captain Britain. Yeah, he gives her gives her the amulet. It's like the, the, the amulet of might. It's like for, A- amulet of right. It's either- amulet amulet of right. It's like and um, but, but basically that's because like he is like you know he's been turned evil by Morgan Le Fay because there's apparently like this war between there's this war going on in like the alternate dimension of Otherworld. Yes. So it's led by Morgan Le Fay, and she's conscripted um, um, Brian because like after he and Betsy go to go to her to force her, like, you know, what the hell are you doing? It's like, and she says, no, you're like, I, you're 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 under my power now, and so like Brian gives her the amulet of right, and so now she's Captain Britain, and now she's got to figure out a way to like solve all this. Oh, but also she has to like solve all this because. Well, Apocalypse has been trying to uh, find ways to send portals, like her current portals, to other realms. Oh, yeah. and also, like, well, he's constricted, like, Gambit, Rogue, and, oh, hey, um, Jubilee, just because, you know, because why not, you know? Yeah, fortunately, Jubilee's not super consequential in this, so doesn't. But her son, her son is, that. though. Yeah, her, her son adopted, is. Her adopted son. Yeah, which who is the only human uh, that is allowed to live on Krakoa. Um, so, anyway, 
yeah, Betsy, Betsy accepts Captain Britain, uh, as, as her manhole. Uh, she's the leader, uh, of the comic. Um, uh, Brian is in it in, in the beginning. It does, you know, it touches a little bit on the history of the earlier Excalibur comics where you're dealing with, uh, because, uh, Brian and Betsy have another brother and his, his Jamie, name, yes, yeah. the, the reality warper. Yes. And he's also kind of crazy. So, um, really interesting, uh, you know, what happens with him. Although, uh, you know, there is, there's other stuff that happens like with rogue rogue goes into some trance thing and I'm not even sure what really came out of that. And maybe something will come out of that later, but, um, yeah, it's like, I, I get what you're saying. Like for, for me, it's like Excalibur, like, Feel like it felt like a series that had like a really strong idea of what it wanted to do, but it didn't have a whole lot of style with what it, with, with with executing it. It's it's um like written by Tinney Howard, um, like she she does a, a decent job, but like as far as like you know, like make me go like hey you know like I really want to read like like each like each um issue of this as it comes out. I was kind of like okay, I'm just like chugging through these like as they go on and also it does kind of feel like the uh you know it's like i want it's one hand to like have like a series where it's like you know the the uh like the, the team doesn't feel like they're meant to be together where the, it can lead to some interesting dynamics but it's kind of like excalibur kind of feels like like wow it's like you're just kind of like just like like putting a bunch of random people together exactly yeah and like and thing is like like well rob i gotta say i i like um gambit and I really like Gambit and Rogue together. I really like the fact that you now the that um this whole house of like the whole house of X powers of X relaunch didn't invalidate their their marriage. So, but at the same time though, it just does feels kind of like really kind of random that everyone is like uh, these char- these particular characters are um like tossed together as well. There is some kind of acknowledgement of that, but um at the same time, it's like it still feels kind of weird. And, um, also it's like, it just also feels kind of like strange, like, you know, wait, so apocalypse is kind of like, like interested in like magic and all. Uh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Fine. But, um, also this, the series is also like pretty notable because fact it's supposed to like be the main lead into the house of the, um, 10 of swords, um, crossover. Yes, it is. It is. And that's because, uh, a pivotal character, and I don't know how much you want me to go into this, but uh, a pivotal what about Saturn, Saturnine? Yes. She is an important character from Captain Britain's past, back from, I believe, from the Alan Moore uh, era of Captain Britain. Alan uh, Moore or uh, Alan Davis? Well, both. Okay. Because <laughs> Alan Davis was the artist and Alan Moore was the writer. I, That's right. I may be wrong. He may not have created Saturnine, but I'm pretty sure he did. Um, it's been a while since I've, I've looked at But there's back. like, but like this, like Excalibur is like dealing with like, like alternate universes. And that's kind of like the, the big thread with, um, with, with like the, uh, 10 of swords. Yes. Okay. Okay. It's like, and so, yeah, it's like, I guess, I guess to, like, to wrap things up, like, you know, Excalibur, it's like important to the line, but maybe not quite as entertaining as it should be. Really? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I do want to say that I don't think we've really mentioned. I think the art's great in it. I really love yeah, Marcus, the art. Marcus Toe, he does does most of the art here. It's it's beautiful. I love I love it, and I love seeing these characters drawn by uh, him. So um, for that, I enjoyed it. 
uh, yeah, you know, it's not like the, the I agree that the storyline isn't, you know, the most exciting or whatever, but at least, you know, some of the dialogue is good and, and, and there's good characterization uh, as far as that goes. And, and for me, yeah, it's, the it's, it's definitely not a bad series. Yeah. Okay. But, um, okay. But as far as like the next one goes, X-Force, um, well, this is like, you know, X-Force has always been like, you know, the more militant, um, like X, like X title. And it's basically like, you know, Hey, it's like, you know, when you need like a, like a, like a, when there's a, when a threat to the, um, X universe presents itself, you call an X-Force to like, you know, take care of it and make sure it doesn't, um, come back to you. And that's kind of what they're, what they're doing here with this series. And it also like gets served up a really um, juicy plot development in the sense that like, in its first issue, um, Professor Xavier, he's killed. It's like he's shot in the head, like right through um, Cerebro. And that's when that, that's kind of drives, drives home the, uh, the fact that, Hey, you know, like the, we need like, like our CIA, we need like a mutant, we need a mutant say, we need a mutant Delta force. And who are we going to get to lead it? Well, Wolverine, obviously it's like, but we also need like, you know, like other like mutants who are willing to pull the trigger. And so we get like, like characters like Domino, um, Colossus, um, Quentin choir, and also, um, like Jean, Jean gray and, um, like, um, beast to run, to help run things for a while. Oh, and Domino as well. Cause she's a stalwart X force as well. It's, I, uh, it's a on. little weird to me. I just want to jump in here. It's a little weird to me that they're including Colossus on this. And maybe that's because I haven't, I haven't read, you know, maybe he's changed something, but he was a pacifist for a long time. And to me, it's weird to have, have him on X-Force. He was apparently um, on the uh, Cable and X-Force series um, a little while back, but um, it's like, I, he's not really um, like big on, on the series. Like, I think it's, Actually, I think like the whole like Domino Colossus um, relationship comes from that that series as well. But basically, this is like the series that just kind of like, trades on like, hey, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, hey, there's threats to the to the uh, to the like to the to, like to mutants to crow in society. We need to like um like through like throw these like um lethal solutions at them. And I I wrote about like the first volume and I thought, okay, yeah, this is like a proper X-Force series. It's fine. It trades on a lot of like creative ultra violence and all. Um, but also after reading like the next couple issues that are currently available on Marvel limited, I will admit that the, uh, that, um, like Domino's, um, like attempts to like, you know, get her luck back. Like we're pretty good. Oh, is that Iris? Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. No, no. It's like, well, it's like, like, hi, Iris. Hi, uh, he, bye, yeah, she Iris. Can't, she can't hear you. Bye. You're going to have to get mama to do that for you, sweetie. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry about that. <laughs> well, it's like, I, I, I would be, I would be upset if Iris, Iris wasn't adorable. So. <laughs> she is adorable. <laughs> okay. But I mean, it's like with X-Force, I mean, it's like, it's, it's kind of like all about just like, you know, being like, you know, the most violent, like, and, um, paramilitary X-Men title. And you don't, the uh, first one I got, I did that. I do think that the uh, issues I've read on Marvel Unlimited do um, add a little bit more depth to that, as we find, as we have like um, Domino, like um, like um, like try and get her luck back, and as we deal with like you know the the repercussions of Beast, um, like really um, miscalculating the uh, like his um plans to uh, it's like like to, to deal with the like the, the um, tel the, um teleflora situa situation. So, but I, I don't want to get any, any, any other thoughts about that because, you know, hey, X-Force, it's like, it's really violent. It's like, it's really mean. 
it's like, but like, it's fine. So, yeah, I, I, the, the story doesn't connect that much to the rest of what's going on. Well, except um, for like Xavier getting shot in the face. Yeah. I mean, that, that was a big deal, but it was kind of a manufactured big deal. It was kind of like, you know, well, what would happen if we've got this situation? You know, they, that was the other thing is they just started this whole, Hey, we can't die thing. And then they immediately pull that. I felt like that should have been saved for later. Yeah. But, it's like, and, and I think, I think that the, this was followed up on really well in the Davos issue of X-Men when like Xavier basically says like, yeah, about a month, we, we let this go for, we did our thing for a month and then you sent someone out to kill me. Yeah. But you know what? There's someone who is, I am not really willing to like, like give up on like, like loving you guys. Yeah, so like, I mean, I, I brought that up. Yeah. So I think, yeah, no, no, it's cool. So I think that you're like, like that uh, it's like, this is, it's kind of cool in the sense that like, this is like shows you how interconnected these X cells all, which I, which I think is great. But at the same time, I think like the best like depiction of that, the fallout from that act of like, you know, Xavier getting shot in the face from, this first issue of X-Force was handled in X-Men number four, not in X-Force number four, such right. as it is. Right. Yeah, that's true. So I guess, yeah, from that perspective, you do need to read it because you need to read about, uh, about, uh, his assassination. Um, the rest of it, I don't know. I mean, there were some other things that they did that I feel like hasn't had any bearing on the story lately. So, yeah, I will say I will say that like you know, writer Benjamin Percy does a good job, of, like you know, with the with the ultra violence. I mean, like even if like, like you know, Domino getting like parts of her skin carved off her is like fucking gruesome, really. But you know, like Wolverine getting like um cut in half when the uh, when the gate when the Krakoan gate gets cut off, and then like and then going on to like um stab um some of the um some of the human attackers. Like that's oh, that's that's pure Wolverine right there. But yeah, it's it's really it's really kind of like it's really gory, really kind of gruesome. But that's kind of like what that's kind of what S Force kind of trades in, really. Unless you're this is being written by Simon Spurrier, which is like a different like thing altogether. Okay, but um, moving on though, it's like I guess like one thing I would think that I I would be willing to posit that you and me like both really like is probably um, Marauders. Oh yeah. Marauders is probably my favorite of the series of the sets of series. And uh, that's, that's actually really cool because like I, for, for a long while, I thought like, like Jerry Dugan, it's writer, um, that kind of like, um, was on my, like, Oh, I don't want to read this because like he wrote a, he wrote a volume of Deadpool that just like tanked the character for me. Oh, that's so, too bad. Yeah. But, um, but Marauders, his Marauders is really great. So, I mean, do you want to go, like further on to that, I mean, like talk about how Kitty Pride, like, no, she can't use the gates anymore now. Yeah. So, um, that's, you know, obviously one of the reasons that it's might one of my favorites is because here we have, uh, Kitty Pride, who they call Kate now. It's Kate Pride. And it is, yes. it is, at first, I had a brief moment of resistance. And then I went, you know what? It's about time. She was Kate Pride in the older version of herself, was Kate in Days of Future Past. It's about time we start using that name. She has, grown up she is not a kid anymore she hasn't been a kid for a long time um and so uh, and she's, she's a fucking pirate captain now yes she is a pirate captain now so the, the yeah the premise is, is that uh kate comes back uh can't use the the portals we don't know why um and so immediately there's you know swarms of does it mean she's not really a mutant 
Um, so, but anyway, regardless, Emma Frost picks her, which this is a lot like, uh, if you read the Joss Whedon, um, Oh yes. Yeah. The Joss Whedon astonishing X-Men, which is fantastic. If anybody hasn't read it, you absolutely have to read that. You do Um, really. It is, it is amazing. So, uh, Emma in that, in that series, Emma picks, uh, at the time still Kitty for the team because she knows that, uh, because Emma has, has been a villain for so long and she's trying to be a good person and she wants somebody that will keep her on her toes and she trusts Kitty. You know, I'm still calling her Kitty because it was at the time, uh, no, 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 I to it. do that. It's cool. Um, and now she's basically doing it again. She puts Kate in charge of her, uh, they've basically, there's a, there's an extra seat, uh, at the table, um, for the Wait, Hellfire when Council. does when does that happen? Does that happen immediately? I feel I'm not. Spoiled. No, it happens in issue two. Okay, so there's a there's an extra seat. You know, there's there's the White Queen seat, and this is at the the council's table. You know, there's this twelve uh, people. The, at the, council, the Quiet Council, the ruling council of Krakow. Right. So, um, the, there's the White Queen, there's the Black King, and then there's going to be the Red Queen, which is going to be Kate Pride. And uh, she is in charge of this uh, this ship called the Marauder that uh, that uh, um, Emma provides to her, and she takes a bunch of Omega level mutants with her out to uh, to find uh, places that uh, have uh, refused to enter the agreement in order to have their you know the mutant drugs that you know mutant cures of uh, medicines and stuff and sell them, sell it to them on the black market, and then also find mutants that are not able uh, to access the gates and uh, smuggle them back. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's like, it's, it's like, it's a good, like, you know, like, hey, it's, it's like X-Men's, X-Men as pirates. It's yes. like, and like, who, like, who doesn't want to like, you know, appreciate a series like that? It's like, and, and like, um, I was like, I was down on Jerry Dugan for a long while after have written that, after having written that, like, that, First of all, like Deadpool solo, but uh, and even if um his work on like uh like Infinity War convinced me like okay maybe I don't need to be afraid of him. Marauders basically show that hey you know what this is actually really good. I kind of want to like you know follow. I really want to follow this like in his like and his crew like with Kate Pride like like and her team like it was fun. It's like it was goofy. It's like it was like it, it, it was like it was like irreverent at times. And also, it's like, and this is like, I wasn't really expecting to read this, but it was probably the most, the best version of Sebastian Shaw that I have ever read. Yep. Yeah, because I mean, like, it's not like Sebastian Shaw has been written as like, like, oh, hey, I'm I'm one of the Hellfire Club members. I am like a arrogant like English style mutant. Ha ha. It's like I am like you know just like like being like oh, going to be arrogant over all the other immunes I come across and all like, you know, that's, that's a, that's an okay. Like, like thing to have, but, um, with the way he's written in, um, Marauders in this is the sense that, you know, he is being like for the first part, he's being like stomped over by, um, Emma and, um, Kitty for the most part. So he's like, he's a villain who is struggling. Oh, and then he's also got his, um, son, Shinobi who, yeah, I mean, Shinobi Shaw. Yes, he was created in the in the nineties. Yes, I I know you're asking asking this, and that this is the reason for that. But um, it, he even managed to um find a way to um position Shinobi Shaw's um 
somewhat senseless death in the Matthew Rosenberg um, uncanny run, like as a uh, as a means of like tragedy, and also as a means for like for for Sebastian to like show, hey, you know, this is why, like this is why you need to, you, this is why you can't trust um, like Emma and and Kate in the sense like. He shows that he shows some um, snow like um Sebastian is a struggling um villain like up like in these like in this first in this first volume and I was like you know I like my villains to struggle I like my uh, villains to show you, like, you know why are you like you know meant to be like you know like 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 how do you like don't like achieve this like dawn position over the like over the heroes and that's what I really liked about that first volume and I wasn't expecting to read like. A, a version of Sebastian Shaw where I thought like, Hey, you know, I can kind of sympathize with your, with your, with your position and also understand why you're just like, you know, doing the things you're doing. It's like, and, um, well, like, like, um, Rogers has this like central mystery of like, you know, why like, Kitty pride isn't able to, or Kate pride isn't able to use the gates. Like it's a solid run. It's a solid mystery. And also it's like, I'm really looking forward to finding out just, you know, why this ha- hasn't happened. Like yet as well. It's like because like the uh, for the first ten issues I've read on Marvel Unlimited like are like really it's like are really solid solid as well. It's like I mean I'm kind of with you, Rob. This may be like the best of the uh, X uh, like of the X House as well. Like not counting um like series whose like first issues have made like a really good impression on, on me, which I will get to in a second. But as far as like series that haven't made a good impression on us, well, it's like you seem to have like some particular thoughts about Fallen Angels, right? Yeah. Let's talk about Fallen Angels. So I'm just going to be blunt and jump to the chase. This this comic is garbage, and nobody <laughs> should waste their time on it. It is. I certainly didn't. It is terrible. Um, the The story is, you know, I, I, I've been commenting that some are more and less consequential to the overall storyline. You can completely ignore the story; it has no impact on anything, and it has, um, it has terrible characterization of uh of laura kinney um who reverts to the name x23 in that comic and for for no reason she's been wolverine for a long time she's just x23 again they don't really mention it and which by the way hickman later makes a point of 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 having her say in i think it was the x-men comic i don't remember which comic yes x-men number five yeah he has a, a point of making her say hey i'm wolverine so and Wolver- and, and um, Logan goes he goes yeah you tell the kid yeah exactly so so I mean it just it was it was bad I don't want to I, I I barely remember what was in it because as I was reading it I was going this is terrible this is so bad the whole time I just it was it was bad it it it, it reverted X you know Laura to a version before any character development where Psylocke was trying to give her pointers on, you know, how she should act and, and how she should fight and all this kind of stuff. When Laura has been Wolverine for a long time and you don't give pointers to Wolverine. No, you do not. It's like, regardless of who Wolverine is. Yes. It was just, it was dumb. It was, it was, it was really bad. And honestly, you know, I don't even remember who else was on the team. I only remember those two. It was just a bad, it was a bad. I think Cable, time. like Young Cable was in there. Yeah, Young, yeah, Young Cable was on the team. Yeah, uh, I think, I think I remember hearing like that this is supposed to be like the, uh, like the team for like, yo know, characters who like don't fit into any like, 
like X-Men title or what. Right. Yet, yet they're used or at least, yeah. Young cable winds up being used later. Um, I don't know why Psylocke isn't used. It's, I mean, it's too bad because it basically was a waste of a comic. It was a waste of waste of six issues. Yeah. Waste of money. Obviously not a waste of the writer's talent because the writer was no good. Um, Ouch. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't even know who it was. I don't really care. It was just, it was a bad comic and we can skip over it. Unless you have any other questions you have, all I can really tell you is that kind of stuff because it was just so bad and I could not wait until it was done. And I was so relieved to hear that it was canceled. I was like, yes, this deserved to be canceled. Yeah, well, they. I think the series that they um, like replaced it with was was quite good, but um, that's not the series we're talking about next. And that's like um, Wolverine, um, by the guy who wrote X Force, um, Benjamin Percy, and longtime um X Men uh, Wolverine artist, um, Adam Kubert. It's like I, like I, I was only able to read three issues of this on Marvel Unlimited, and um, but still, it was a nice, solid like sto- Wolverine story in the sense that he's like he finds out that um. Like the uh, like, some of the drugs are being appropriated by um, what's called the flower cartel, and now um, they're it's like going to it's like and like you know they're trying to like like it it's basically the the idea is like you know like like this like like a Krakowian thing like like the flower like the flowers the drugs are being appropriated by like by new it's like by new power it's like and like Wolverine has to go in and do something about it. Only problem is that like the uh, flower cartel has a uh, enforcer like the pale girl who um, is good at taking over like on um, people's minds and all. And like, she's good at, and she is able to like, you know, it's like snatch Wolverine's um, it's like um, mindset and um, like it gets him to kill. It's like his, uh, like his, um, like his, his X-Force team. Like things like, things like Domino, um, Quentin choir and Jean gray. It's like, as they, um, like, jump into russia at the first issue so whoops it's like that that's kind of awkward and all yeah um you know i don't really remember that i I know i read it but i don't really remember this run that well uh i and i and it's probably again because i don't think it was super connected to the rest of the series there's some kind of weird Oh, you might not have even gotten to this one. You said, what was the last issue that you said was on Marvel Unlimited? Three. Yeah, okay. That storyline hasn't even happened. So, um, yeah, I didn't... Uh, I, don't, I don't really have much to say about, about this particular Wait, so, one. So did you read number four then? Oh, I've read up to the latest version. Okay, so I guess uh, is, is, number four, is number four any good then? Uh, hold on. Let me let me take one look real quick and refresh my memory of what it was about. Um, I mean, I guess it was okay. I, I, you may feel differently. I just, you know, I don't really care that much for Wolverine as a solo character. Okay. Um, I, I, okay. I, I can, I can get that. It's like, I mean, for me, it's like, I've always um, got time for a, for a quality Wolverine story, but at the same time, like, you know, like he's also been like, like tremendously overexposed over like the last like decade or more than the last decade, really. So, but like, he, I, I, I gotta admit, I, I did like this, um, this story. I mean, it's like, I can't say it's like a great Wolverine story, but it's at least, it's at least a good Wolverine story. At least I, I, I liked 
um, some of the twists that um, that Percy, uh, that writer Benjamin Percy, um, um, put, like, put, um, put in these like um, these issues that are that I that I read. So. Okay, well that's good. Yeah, I don't I don't have much more to say about that one. Okay, so in that case, um, moving on to the the other X Men series that is um, like that is that is like you know like meant to be for the the uh, the problem characters. Um, well, it's like there's Hellions. It's like, and I I gotta admit, it's like I was only going to read two issues of this, but I really like these two issues because it's it's basically all about um, like like Mister Sinister, who thank God has been like recategorized into his like, you know, like fabulous um sinister self, like for the for the Sigmun era. Like he's basically like 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 I'm like 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 I'm ruling over these characters who consist of like um like Quanon um Psylocke, Havoc, um like uh, Scalp Hunter, um Wild Child, like um Nanny and Orphan Maker, and um Hellion. It's like they're just like, hey, these are like these are characters who like who well maybe they like I think the argument has been that like oh they they've been um like they're like the X gene like hasn't quite made them villains but they've made them like problematic for lack of a better term and like you know like they want to like find a way to like you know, rehabilitate them it's like yeah that's good and all but at the same time you know it's it's Mister Sinister leading the team and Mister Sinister's first job for them is to send them into his old um like orphanage like like in was Nebraska, I think. And, um, yeah, I don't like, remember. Yeah. It's like, and, and it turns out that, Oh, wait a second. Turns out the, uh, goblin queen, Madeline Pryor is running her own shit in there, which basically means that sinister has resurrected the gob- goblin queen. And she is, um, just like, just like, um, running, um, running stuff, like running, like, like some evil, like quite quasi satanic stuff, like on her own team. So that's, that's kind of, so yeah, that's bad, but it's a it's a kind of funny kind of bad. The kind of the, the, that's really kind of messed up that I kind of like. And writer Zeb Wells, I think he does a good job of like positioning this team as like really kind of um goofy, as really kind of like oh this is like a really kind of like problematic thing, like to deal with as well. So it's like I it's like even though I was only able to read two issues of this, I uh, I would like to read two more of them as well. Yeah, um, so I I enjoyed this series also. Um, it, it is something again, you know, to, to mention the nostalgia again. Um, if you uh, enjoyed, if you ever read the Inferno series, uh, you know, you may enjoy seeing Madeline Pryor again. Um, here comes Iris. Oh, she's just doing something else. Okay. Uh, if you enjoy, if you read. Uh, the was it the fall of the mutants it was it was in x factor and and uh, uh you know old school x factor and x-men um the one where uh they encountered the the original marauders uh there are you know references to that um it does have characters that i am totally unfamiliar with which are orphan maker nanny and wild child and empath but uh but i found them to be interesting characters and i i uh, enjoyed them um, so yeah, I thought, I thought this was a pretty good, uh, pretty good comic as well. Um, Psylocke is, is in it. So you get to see Psylocke in one good comic. That's always great. Um, so, uh, oh yeah. I'm also, 
I mean, Grey Crow, I guess, was a was he a marauder? I don't remember that name. Did he go by something else? Can can you hear me, Jason? Oh, he just stepped out just for a second. Oh, that was him. I thought that was you that said that. So, <laughs> no, actually, that was him. Was, but that's fine. Okay. <laughs> I, I saw the message, but things were happening. So, yeah, um, I, I thought it was it was a good comic. The art is is beautiful. Um, I am not familiar with the uh, the flamboyant sinister. He was introduced to me in uh, House of X and Powers of Ten. Um, and I really enjoy this version. Um, there's just, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot to enjoy in this, in this series. Um, uh, so I definitely, uh, would recommend that people read it because it's just, it's just fun. The, the character interactions are fun. It's, it's good to see, um, these characters again. Um, there's also some, you know, some emotional, uh, sequences. So yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely would recommend Hellions. Yeah, it's like I definitely like to see it's like uh, who wins the uh, fight between um, Psylocke and Wild Child. Well, okay, I know who's going to win the fight, but you know, like, still, I want to see like her assert her dominance over him. Yeah, term. yeah, but I think that the uh, it's like it does a good job of like you know just not saying of um like throwing up some like unexpected things like like for us. You know, just you know. Like, like showing us like you know what how these like problematic characters would work in the in like like in the Krakoan era, and also but also just like throwing stuff like 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 oh Scalp Hunter just is gonna shoot like this character in the face because like hey you know if you do this I'm gonna shoot you in the face, and he does. <laughs> oh yeah okay so Scalp Hunt Great Crow is Scalp Hunter, right? Mm-hmm. I forgot about that because uh, I was I was a little confused because I hadn't. Uh, I didn't recognize the name Gray Crow for a long time, and I, I forgot. I did learn that when I was reading the series. Yeah, it's like so. This is like something I like. I said this is this is a series that I I do want to follow, and I'm looking forward to seeing seeing where it goes. And um and then but then there's also um Cable, which is like like jumping like completely onto another series, which we've only like read two issues of. Um, it's like this is like from also from Jerry Dugan, who does um, Marauders, and. You know, it's like if nothing else, I kind of appreciate the fact that he writes like you know this cable as kind of like a like a young dork, it's like who like is into like really big weapons. I mean, at first, you know, he's into like really big guns as we'd expect. Then we find out that hey, you know what? I want I like the sword. This is like my sword is like I, this is like what I'm gonna what I'm gonna be about. And it turns out, but it turns out the sword is like the light of Galador, which is a specific sword. For them, Galadorian knights who, if anyone has really long memories, will remember like, hey, you know, that's that's Rom's people, isn't it? And also, but also people with shorter memories will think that, hey, you know what? This is a sword. This is gonna be like relevant to uh, Ten of Swords, isn't it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So uh, I want to call out uh, specifically the uh, the cover art for uh, for issue one of Cable which looks like uh, the, uh, the cover box from a movie from the 80s. Um, <laughs> it, is, it is fantastic. Um, I, you know, I, I never really cared for Cable. Um, not usually a fan of Rob Liefeld's uh, creations, but, um, but I'm really enjoying what they're doing with, with young Cable here. Um, and, 
and, and yeah, it's a lot of fun. He, he is dating the, uh, um, the Stepford cuckoos, all five of them. And that's, <laughs> but they're also funny. playing him as well. Yes. I, it's just, it, there's a lot of humor in it and, um, and, and some good action. And I just, I really, really enjoyed, uh, this series. So uh, I, I enjoyed, like I drew this more, these two issues more than I was expecting to, which like, you know, props to um, Dugan and, and artist Phil Noto for pulling that off. Exactly. Um, I, I was surprised to enjoy it as well. I, I really did not expect it. Yeah, but as far as like you know, series that you know have only one issue to work with, I uh, I actually really enjoyed um, this new um, like incarnation of X Factor from Leah Williams and um, David Baldion because it's cause like basically it has it also has like a uh, pretty solid um, premise to work work from in the sense that you know this version of X Factor like is meant to like find out like okay what um which mutants are dead and um, are actually like meant to be res- resurrected it's like and it starts with um with um jean paul barbier um north star like, like getting a second vibe that his sister um, aurora has died it's like but the thing is like when he goes to the five to um tell them hey you know, my sister's died now resurrect her it's like and that's kind of the arrogant north star that we expect but then when they tell him that no, Wait, wait, wait! No, there's all these other characters who, people who haven't died, and so you need to find out to like you need to like actually have like some proof of death for her. You know how do we know that she's actually dead? Which you know it's a fair um like like critique right there, and that's where the uh like the, the crew for the series comes in. It's it's uh really eclectic, but it actually kind of works out pretty well because then you got because you got um Paulette, you got Polaris. You've got um, Rachel Summers, um, aka Prestige. You've got um, Prodigy, um, like iBoy, and um, Dakin of all people. It's like, and they're just like, and, and they've got like a really like, eclectic set of powers to work with that actually um, works pretty well. And even though it's like I've only had a chance to read one issue of this series, which is all that's available on Marvel Unlimited, um, it's act. This is like um, this is a set that actually like, I really want to read more of, because like this is this is a ser- like these characters like the, this is like a like a tea that like has like an oddball like the, none of these like members like would seem to work well together, but they're actually working together. It's like and that's actually kind of fun. In fact, like as someone who has read um, Peter David's um, like X Factors Investigation. Um, like um like version of the team the run that one the series that ran for a hundred issues where Jamie Madrox was like the team member it's like this is like very much a uh, it's like a continuation of that like like of that approach it's like like in like in spirit it's like like and I and I really and I really like that it's like and I think that um Leah Williams and David Baldian do a good job at least in this first issue it's like of um of carry on carrying on that approach. Like just, but just um, adapting it for the um, Krakoan era. So I, I really like. That. I, I wish that you know I had more issues of it to read. Like to be honest, um, Rob. Like, well, you'll get more issues of it to be to read, and they are, uh, in my opinion, more entertaining than the first one. Even oh, um, it's there's a multi uh, multi issue arc that uh, that happens uh, immediately after it that. Um, 
I I really enjoyed. I don't know if you want me to give you any clues as to what what's going to happen. Um, well, any? I mean, I'm fine with hints. Okay, hint. Uh, you are going to deal with an alternate dimension that is uh, has been prominent in uh, Rachel Summers's past, and oh. it's uh, very entertaining. Um, I. I do want to complain. I do not like the name Prestige. Uh, I, I knew her as Phoenix for how, I don't know, a decade or more. And, and I just, it, Prestige just doesn't do it for me. It doesn't. I know that she can't be Phoenix. I kind of wish that they could just depower her so that she would at least, you know, have her powers look like the Phoenix Force. She could still be called Phoenix because that's that's how I remember her. But uh, But anyway, that's my little... My little aside that I don't like the name Prestige, but I can't think of a better one aside from just reverting her to Phoenix. Okay, fair enough. But I mean, like that's like like the uh, all the ongoing things we've got to talk about right now. But briefly, like um, there's the uh, there's the three um, giant sized X Men titles that have popped up on Marvel Unlimited, like Jean Grey and Emma Frost, Magneto and Nightcrawler, and these I I like these, but even though like they're basically kind of like just um, issues of like regular X-Men that um, Hickman got to um, get to work with an A-list artist, like as far as um, like as far as drawing, like I mean, Russell Dodderman on, on Jean Grey and, and Emma Frost, um, Ramon Perez on Magneto and Alan Davis on Nightcrawler. I mean, oh, it was great seeing Alan Davis draw Nightcrawler again. Alan Davis is great. I mean, it's like any, anytime, anytime he wants to like draw, he wants to draw a comic. It's like, I'm, I'm all there. And of course, you know, like he's, he's got history with Nightcrawler for his time on X on, on Excalibur. So, but I mean, these are basically like, like tight titles where like, like we're setting up like stuff for future reference, such as, um, the, uh, the, the techno organic thing in Storm's head, um, the Island that Magneto managed to get for, um, Emma Frost and the, uh, it's like, and the uh, thing that and it's like, and I'm um, setting up these uh, like um, alien um, like bounty hunters, a Sidri, like in the uh, old Westchester mansion, while also establishing that hey, you know, like um, Doug Locke, like is still a thing as well. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, it's good, but it's also just kind of like you know, these are basically just kind of like issues of of adjectiveless X Men that were just given like more of an artistic focus more than anything else. Yeah, I I enjoyed uh, the various one shots. Um, I you know I don't really I wish, really should have refreshed my memory on what went on with them. The Nightcrawler one's really the only one that I can re- remember really well. Um, yeah, yeah. The uh, Jean Grey and Emma Frost one was basically just like an issue length homage to the um, Grant Morrison Frank Quitley um, silent issue from back in the day, which. You have in your library because I know because I gave that to your wife um, several years back. Yes, and I did read it, but that was years ago that I read it. Um, yeah. But it, this, yeah, that issue that is good. I had forgotten about this issue. I'm looking over it now. Yeah, this was really good. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I guess like finally on our list, there's the um, X Men Fantastic Four um, like crossover because hey, you know, because like well, all the uh, like uh, mutants, all mutants are welcome in Krakoa. There's one mutant who hasn't come over to there. There's um, Franklin Richards, who's like an o- Omega level um, reality warper, who and uh, as as the current Fantastic Four um, series is spelled out, well, his uh, reality warping powers are finite, and and um, apparently they they're not 
it's like they're like they're trying to find a way to um like restore them as well and you know it's like there's and while and both the x-men and the fantastic four both have ideas about where franklin richards belongs it's like in that in that regard yeah this was really um I, I really like this one, first of all, because Kate Pride is in it, um, and it refers back to the uh, the old-school X-Men Fantastic uh, Four crossover, which happened after the mutant massacre. Kitty Pride uh, was stuck in her phased form and was gradually losing uh, her uh, uh, ability to solidify, and uh, and the, the Fantastic Four uh, and the... Uh, and uh, the X-Men enlisted Dr. Doom to help her. And uh, so there's, there are a lot of parallels here uh, because now it's about Franklin. And, uh, and she's, she's there to be his friend. The, the X-Men are, and, and the Fantastic Four are more thinking about what they want, where they're like, you're a mutant, come be with us. Or you're our family, be with us. And Kitty, Kate... Is is telling him you get to make this choice? Yeah, it's like I like the uh, the rapport that um, she had with Franklin in the series. Like, I mean, it's she it's like well, both of the both like the Fantastic Four and the X Men, like as represented by um, Xavier and Magneto, basically had their own like you know agendas here. So she seemed to be like the most concerned with it, you know what do you want, Franklin? Well, she and Valeria seem to be most concerned. Like, what do you want, Franklin? Right. Oh yeah. Valeria. And you know, that's another thing to mention about, about Hickman. Um, uh, I uh, really loved his, uh, fantastic four run because I thought that, uh, Franklin and Valeria were so much fun. Um, Mm -hmm. Larry is a great character. Um, so kind of, kind of disappointed that they aged him up because it's a lot of fun to have a super villain in the, in the mind of a four year old girl. Um, (laughs) Just, uh, but, but still, still a good, good character. Just, uh, really enjoyed the series. The art is amazing. Of course. Um, yeah. It's like, it was nice to see, um, Terry Dodson, um, be given like the, uh, the full time he needed to like pull off like a, like a full issue. Cause like there's, there's like a lot of this stuff in recent memory, like, like his princess Leia and his, um, access issues. Right. There's some parts of it that read like, like oh, like he was get, like he had to like you know bang this out like right like 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 in like the next 24 hours, but um like with uh, X4, it's like um it's like he he, deli- he delivered some like really really classy stuff like over the course of these issues, and like I think and I re- I think that they uh that um Chip Zdarsky um did a good job with um like like sussing out the immoral and problems between between these two teams and especially like bringing in doom to um you know, like advance his own agenda it's like in between these as well and also but also like what really like got the series for me was like the final couple pages when um xavier and magneto take reed richards to task for saying oh so you created a device that can like screen out like um the mutant gene okay so we've got ideas about that. We're not going to let you um, deal with that. It's like in the future, but we're also not going to let you forget that because, you know, this is how we are now. So yep. that's, that's really kind of interesting. And since that also in the sense that, you know, like, like a, a lot of this, like X, a lot of the current X-Men stuff has basically just been, been meant to show like the, the, uh, the mutants, like that they are now like 
top dog and all. Like, they are like the uh, the people in charge, and like it's also going to be like showing about how they you know deal with things as well. But at the same time, there's all these like new um, problems well because like like I like I really feel good about this current like um, like era of X Men. Like for me, like I think there's like a good, like like solid like like through line like between the between the towels. Like there's like and also like like you know the, like the creators of the towels are like are also like talking with each other. Like you know being like knowing like okay this is what we're doing so like we don't aren't going to step on anyone's toes as well. But um, as but also like and then there's like it's a good solid like 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 direction for this. I mean like, like how do you, how do you feel about that, Rob? Um. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where this goes. I expect there to be some kind of uh, uh, eventual conclusion to 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 all of this because you can't have an amazing set of uh, series like uh, uh, um, House of X and Powers of Ten and then not come back to all the things that were set up in it. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Yes, I think that the I, my my main concern is that you know like there's this is going to be like one long walk back to the to the status quo, and I I kind of get that feeling here because like with all these series that are being that 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 are being like uh, that we've talked about here, there's all these like different like villains that are being set up here. Like there's Covenant Kaba in um, Excalibur. There's Zeno in um, X Force. There's um, horticulture in X Men. There's the Orcus in in X Men as well. It's like there's all these different um, like like villains. It's like you know being set up. Like, and you know what villains love to do? They love to team up. So I so my fear, well, not really fear. I guess my expectation at this point is that there's going to be like you know some kind of like 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 giant team up where all these villains like you know work together to like, you know, bring the X-Men back to the status quo that we know. But also, I also kind of get the feeling that, you know, maybe there's going to be some kind of like excuse for that in what um, Moira represents. Because like, like um, House of X and Powers of Ten showed that, you know, she was like kind of the main architect of this. Like yeah. that she, yeah, that she was like running all this and um, that there's, you know, there's all this stuff that's going on on Kokoa that you're like, hey, Everyone is kind of like, you know buying into like you know like blinkered like of like past like past events. Like everyone is like you know hey you know, I remember you. It's like like maybe I hated you and all like like with Wolverine and um and the Gorgon. It's yeah. Like, which yeah, it's like stuff like that where you think that hey you know that's really kind of weird. These characters should be working together like and um like sharing a beer and all. It's like so I think that if there's there's going to be like some kind of like there's gonna be shenanigans revealed that like you know someone is like like manipulating like this whole thing to like to tell us that oh it's like everything is not good like we're gonna find that Moira has been um like manipulating things as well but also I think that you know hey you know like this is just as me as in a in a in a personal level it's like that hey you know it's like yeah you're you're getting mystique to um, run missions for you and promising her something that um, she's never going to get. Oh man, what kind of what kind of idiots are you? Like, don't trust Mystique. Never trust Mystique. She is not to be trusted at all. I'm well, sorry, I just had to say that like right out loud. 
well, they shouldn't be trusted either. Look, I mean, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. Um, I, I don't blame her. Why, why shouldn't she get Destiny back? She doesn't, she doesn't know, and it just seems horribly sinister that, that they wouldn't do it. I, I, we know why they can't have. She can't bring Destiny back because Destiny will discover what's going on with Moira and will apparently try to kill her, which. I don't fully understand. I get why she, you know, why they did that in, in, uh, um, house of X, uh, because she was going to try to cure, you know, make a mutant cure, but why, why would she do it now? Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, the thing is like mystique is not to be trusted at all. It's like, I mean, it's like they're like, what, the main story she her that she has like oh you remember that time she betrayed the X Men oh you remember that other time she betrayed the X Men oh you remember that other other time she betrayed the X Men well what it's... about I mean what about all the other villains they've they've got they're working with now like Apocalypse and who's that that one guy that I am not familiar with at all that um... uh, Exodus yes that is the exact guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying there, but uh, it's like with but Apocalypse, like you know, he is all about me superiority. So he's okay. kind of so like his agenda is kind of like you know, Magneto's, only more so. But yeah, with with um, Mystique, I mean, every uh, you know major story, she's every time she's been aligned with the X Men, all she's done is just stab them in the back. And you know, I get that you know like. Like she's got like there are her fans like like they they people who love her for that who love her for being like this independent um like villainous but it's like I look at her and think you know it's like all you do like you are the scorpion it's like you all you do is just you sting you just like stab pe- all you're all all you're here to do is just like you know make make things bad like for like the like for people who are working for like who are working for a greater good, like even if the means don't exactly justify the ends. So it's like, that's, that's me at least. So, well, I'm going to ask a question, uh, regarding that, um, which is, and and maybe this is because I haven't been rating a lot of recent mystique, but, um, destiny died in like the eighties or something, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So how much of that was, because she's broken because she lost the love of her life, you know? Okay. That on one hand, that is a fair point. On the other, that is not something that has really been um, played up a whole lot. like in recent years. It's like we have not, it, I mean, it's like if this has been, if, this, if um, the idea that, you know, like Mystique has been acting the way she has for like last decade plus, because of um like her loss of um of destiny then okay i could get that but at the same time though it's like you know she's basically been portrayed for like for the last decade plus as someone who was like going to act in her own interests because she is a character who was going to act in her own in best her interest own that that's that's yeah. how they've been depicting her now yeah well ha- but i'm going to bring this up unless you don't want me to no no, no um, go ahead they're starting to make things canon and, and overtly refer to them that they only hinted at before characters that they wanted to, uh, um, 
do things with that they couldn't because the comics code wouldn't allow it or they're oh you're, you're talking about how like how like mystique this is bring me my wife back yes yeah it's like i i don't think that you know like that the fact that they you know like hers is a lesbian relationship with um it's like with destiny it's like is like the big deal breaker here it's like i get I mean, I still feel that, you know, it's like... Well, no, not here. I mean, how much of the, her her past characterization... Um, but, okay, I may be totally creating this out of whole cloth here, uh, but uh, um, how much of her past characterization uh, may have been intended to be because she's a broken person, but they didn't want to say that because they weren't allowed to hint that it was because of the, of the loss. Okay. You, you can answer this because you're going to know better than me. I, okay. I get what you're saying right there. And you know what the, you know, considering the, uh, the, the retcon that's, that has been um, put on like Moira, I, you know, I'm, I am absolutely willing to entertain, um, you know, that as well. It's like, you know, that this, that, you know, the, like whatever, like, you know, retconning of, um, like mystique and, um, Destiny's relationship, like, uh, like as, as queer canon, it's like, you know, like this, like I'm, I'm perfectly fine, fine with that. It's just that, you know, it's like at this point, it's just kind of like, it's just kind of like that whole, it's, it, it's existed that whole retconning like stage. And I mm-hmm. think it, and the things I think that that was what was intended, like you know, by Claremont on um, back back in the day, but it, it's just it's just but like, it has to be um be done as a retcon right now. But at the same time, though, it's like like I I get it, but it's, but you know, it's like looking at how like Mystique has been handled over like you know the last couple decades, it's going to take a like some really like skilled work to make me um think that like. This is like you know dramatically weight, weighty, as opposed to the fact that you know it's like hey okay, don't trust Mystique because she is not to be trusted. She okay. is yeah that's I mean that that's kind of like, it's like you're you're kind of working against like like decades of like you know like Mystique being characterized as being someone who's not to be trusted, and I can get that like oh this is why she's not to be trusted, but you've got a lot of like um like stuff to work work against like from there yeah i haven't read much with mystique in it since uh really since the like the late 80s okay so so my (laughs) vision of her it was it was back when she ran remember freedom force i think it was called oh man it's like i do not remember that so 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 it was uh let's see her so that she well no it's from days of future past she was yeah Uh she was the leader and it had the blob and it had pyro and then it had some other people that, in it. That would make, that would make sense. Cause like I can see, I can see her doing something like that in that situation. Right. Yeah. But I guess, I, I, I guess like, you know, I guess like, like, cause we've, we've gone on for like a really long time when I've really liked talking to you like about this, but I guess like, as far as like, you know, what X-Men like, um, current X-Men titles we, we want to like be talking about like what we want to read. I mean, there's obviously you know, adjectiveless X-Men. Yep. Okay. But also um, Marauders. Yeah. Marauders is definitely number two. Yeah. And also, um, even though like, there have only been a couple issues, I really want to read more of Hellions and um, uh-huh. X-Factor as well. Yep. And I, I, and I recommend Cable up there with, with Hellions for, for fun factor. Just 
a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's like, and I also think that, well, it's like, you probably need to read, um, like Excalibur because it's going to be, um, relevant to the, uh, like 10 of swords crossover as well. Yep. So, yeah. And, and, um, but also it's like, I think like they've generally, like, I think the, uh, the writers have done, like the writers and like, like have done a good job of like, like establishing like, you know, each series is being distinct. Like in the sense that you're not going to like be reading like you know the same story like like if you like pick up like a like a general tie like one specific title as well. But overall, it's like I I like the uh, current um like direction of X Men and like you know where they're, where they're going with all like the right where the writers are taking it and where um where Hickman is going with it. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. I wonder um, how much he's going to tie in with his previous. Uh, uh, Fantastic Four and uh, Avengers runs because they they did mention at one point um, that what was it Saul's hammer? Yes, that was that they were like the orchestra was like taking up residence in there, weren't they? Yep, and uh, and and then you've got uh, X Men Fantastic Four and and uh, uh, you know Franklin is becoming important and you know Xavier just. Uh, you know, have this confrontation with him. And I just can't imagine that, that, uh, they wouldn't come to play, come into play at some point, especially because Franklin has been mentioned. I, th- I want to say that he was mentioned in, in house of X or powers of 10 on one of those sheets where they list Omega mutants and stuff yes, like that. He's an Omega level reality warper. Yep. Uh, he's, he's gotta be, uh, at some point going to be pivotal, uh, to this. I'm, you know, I'm not going to stop reading it. Um, I'm really looking forward to, to, to what happens. Yeah. So she says like, you know, Hey, the next, like the next stage of the series is the, um, like the, the 10 of 10 of swords crossover, which is like an old, old school, like, like 22 issue crossover. God damn it. It's like <laughs> one, one big volume. And it's like, I am, it's like, I'm definitely going to get that like when it comes out because you know like while i like the, the the freedom that like marvel um like unlimited allows it's like i do think I, i'm gonna want to like get this big this event in like it's one big crop like um big thick um like omnibus edition and um but uh but i guess so so like and like so rob can i count on you to come back for uh, when we talk about that oh yeah yeah sure i will absolutely great so, so i look forward to that and uh so john it's like i i know you're still there somewhere it's like i i don't think you've fallen asleep just yet but um you got john do you have any thoughts about any of this whatnot i just wanted to hear what rob wanted to say about jubilee but you cut him off i'm just kidding do you want it <laughs> no 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 that's all right <laughs> we could talk about that later <laughs> But it, it was. I was just kind of like, no, no, no. I have. I, I just want to see. I'm just curious myself because uh, I, you're not the only one who has that opinion. So, um, and I'm not defending it. I'm just kind of curious. That's all. So, but that's all I really have. I don't have any other comments at this point. Um, so you know what you're going to talk about next time. Jason? Well, next time I'm going to like leverage um, like my uh, new Marvel limited subscription to either talk about um, like Iron Man 2020 or unless um, like I guess I need to talk to you, John, about doing um, like I told you about um, the new volume of Batman White Knight, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. OK, so I guess we need to talk about that. So maybe we'll do that. 
Maybe it'll be Iron Man. We'll see next time. It'll All be right. mystery. Ooh. Mystery. <laughs> All right. So thanks. So thanks, Rob, for coming for coming on for this one. Thank you for having me, Jason. It's been absolutely been great. Man. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Jason. And we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right. Later. Bye. Thank you.